0: This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. To stay in the know about everything happening at Fratton Park, including the latest news, analysis and transfer updates, take out an online Pompey subscription with the Portsmouth News today at Portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Our offer starts at less than £1 a week. You'll get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by head of sport Mark McMahon and blues writer Will Rooney to bring you bang up to speed with the latest from Fratton Park. On this week's show it's Get Well Soon Kenny Jacket As the Pompey manager undergoes surgery, we analyse the news of the past week, the ethics of how it was handled by the media and what it now means for Pompey's promotion bid. Reliving the Rovers' debacle, what was glaringly missing at the memorial ground and how could it damage Pompey's promotion bid? Lee Brown, our Pompey fans are now seeing what's missing when the Blues defender is absent and searching for a spark We join the mass ranks of Pompey fans in demanding play Geordie Herula. We're now available at Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. So give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition delivered to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 pulse at Portsmouth.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk, the
1: podcast. My name is Mark McMahon and joining me today to discuss all things Pompey and much, much more is Jordan Cross and Mr William Rooney. Lads, welcome.
0: Morning, morning. Morning, morning. Morning, morning. How are we all? Bit a bit weary, aren't we, this week? Just all feels like it's all weighing a bit heavy at the moment, doesn't it? You know, Definitely. Late late midweek. You wouldn't know you have that Wednesday off when we're all knackered. (laughs) (laughs) We get back at half one in the morning and we've been working to all hours to do the midweek coverage. Back in for that call at whatever time nine in the morning and after getting the children off to the nursery. Mark's having that jolly Wednesday all to himself that he has off. We're all sweating. Another 12 hour day on on Wednesday as well. System (laughs) crashes. Does he care? I
1: think I think if you find that on a Wednesday, I normally get about three or four phone calls from you, Jordy, asking things. <laughs> so, sort of, <the>
0: <laughs> what the bloody hell are you up to? Being yeah. one of them.
1: Yeah. And you do know you don't contact well, really, on day off. You rang me on Monday. I was all ice about that. Picked up straight away. Yeah, you always sense. You always sense there's an annoyance in your voice when you speak to well. So um, I'm learning not to bother you. But anyway, yes, Monday was your day off and on Monday there was breaking news regarding Kenny Jacket. Jordy, you were at the centre of it. You were aware of developments from the offing. Um, it's a difficult period for Pompey, isn't it? Burnham and Kenny yeah. die out of the season.
0: Yeah, it is. First thing, obviously, to say is we wish Kenny Jacket well. Um, had the uh, procedure, surgery, uh, on our, yesterday as we sit here, we're on Friday um, at first and no um, suggestions of any issues at the moment. Um, hope that all went well um, but we've been hearing uh, ourselves, the news, myself, colleagues um, of, of health issues or, or talk of health issues for, for Kenny for some time now. Um that accelerated uh, in recent days um to the point where we, we were uh, speaking to the club about it and the club have been absolutely through this, as have ninety nine percent of the of the media, local media, um the flow of information back and forth, um the ethics. Of it um, from, from a media point of view um, to respect uh, Kenny's privacy has um, it, it, been it's been first-rate so okay we've been aware of it um, we took we took the decision not to, you know from my point of view not to investigate too keen, keenly when you hear, hear stuff like that um, you could have got into it and really been keen to get the story out uh, but it, it just wouldn't have been right once you made inroads and, and the suggestion was that um, you know, Kenny was to have a preventative and elective surgery. So we spoke to the club about it. Um, they said, okay, yes, you know, there's something there, but we're going to be releasing the statement. Um, but ourselves, uh, Radio Solent, Andy Moon, um, and believe it or not, the son, a guy called Paul Jiggins, who used to cover Pompeii when I first started, Long, long um, serving member of um, the Sun Sports team um, all were aware of it the issue and all uh, sat on it and chose not to um, not to uh, report it out of respect to Kenny so um, it was it was a very delicate situation um, the language used has been very respectful and delicate too um, so yeah we've all been in harmony on it and um, and obviously it came into the public eye on Monday with Kenny then choosing to speak about it afterwards which again I don't think you get too many managers doing that. The, for people that aren't aware, I'm sure most are now, you know, in this modern age of uh, you know, the way clubs operate in, in terms of the media, it would normally be a terse statement, which it was pretty, you know, a pretty belt and braces statement from Pompey. Then the shutters would go down, no comment. But Kenny speaking afterwards, um, tackling the issue, was, was absolutely first rate. So um, upheaval for Pompey, of course. Um, Obviously, disappointment on Tuesday, but you know, there's the suggestion, you know quite right. The players coming out and saying no excuses for that. Uh, but yeah, just to just to reiterate, that's the kind of broad narrative of what happened. And just to re, yeah reaffirm, we just re- wish Kenny's back in the, in the, in the two week, hopefully, time frame that's been suggested that he'd be away for.
1: Well, Kenny Jagger gets an awful lot of flack. Um, some of it you can all you can understand. Results don't go Pompey's way. The style of football. Um, has got his detractors but as as media people Kenny Jackett's dealing with us is spot on and I don't think that really comes across the fans seem to forget that he's such a decent guy, he puts his heart and soul into this job and he deserves a lot of credit for ploughing on regardless of certain circumstances
2: I think Josie Rose on Monday is a gent of the game, he's just a consummate professional who as time for anyone, really. I mean, we've been at press conferences when there've been lads from university down, invited down, and he's given them as much respect as he has to the, the local media and national press as well when they come down. You know, he, he answers every question in full. He never shakes a question. And he's allowed us, you know, for, for a couple of years to, to go to Ireland. He spoke to us weekly during lockdown. He's just, he's the consummate, consummate professional and, yeah. you know, for for some people to, and it's a very, very small minority, I'll state, but for some people to just say, oh, it's just a mole. You know what I mean? Kenny mm. Jackett's not going in for vanity reasons. He hasn't got a mole on his back or something like, oh, I don't like that when I'm on holiday. don't like people mm. looking at me. You know what I mean? Kenny Jackett taking time off work, he doesn't do that. He's very much a student of the game. He loves football. He lives and breathes it. Probably doesn't have a day off at all. Probably only takes a week, maybe two off, in the summer is back to it. He lives and breathes the game. His heart and soul is in Pompey. Whether you like him or not, every decision he makes is for the goods of Portland Football Club, whether that's selection decisions, whether it's transfers, he does it because he thinks that is right for the club. And even when he knows he's in a little bit of a precarious situation because of his contract, dare I say he's still thinking about the football club Hmm. now and in the long term. And for him to, to take time off, where I will reiterate what Jordan said, we we all wish him all the best. We wish him a speedy recovery, because he is just a, a consummate professional, and it couldn't have happened to a, a nicer person in football. To be honest with you,
0: yeah, yeah, it's incredible with with, with Kenny that I mean, we've got the inside track on this because um, we've got great relations with the club. But when when it emerged, what was what was happening was happening. His first his first response wasn't for himself and those who know kenny wouldn't be surprised about it it was how it would affect the club it was how it would affect what's happening on the pitch It, and that's been a big factor in the in the um language that's been used f- from the clubs and from us and other people um, it's been very uh, broad um not inflammatory language sensational language but kenny's very keen to keep it all in check and he doesn't want, you know, he doesn't want a fuss made, but his first port of call was, you know, what, how's it going to work? How's it work from the players' point of view? Mark Catlin say, oh, Kenny, look, this is about you. This, you have to come first. It just didn't register with Kenny. And again, on Tuesday, right up to close to kickoff, there was inklings about what would Kenny would do, whether he's going to be, but no one was quite sure whether he'd be at the game or not. He wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> 72 hours before the operation, he got to isolate. But because of Kenny being Kenny, no one was quite sure whether he'd <laughs> be yeah, with the kind of hat and glasses on and buying a newspaper somewhere. And um, yeah, and it, it, it is that is um, just just a testament to Kenny. I just want to say, you know, I think I can speak for Mark Catlin in saying how proud he's been. And he was keen to get a, a statement out, even like the ones to keep stuff to a minimum in terms of reaction. But just be thankful to the press the Pompey family, the wider football community. Um, and I, I've been proud of our coverage through this as well. The news has coverage, not just the depth and quality of it, but the way we've handled it um, ethically. Um, because sometimes, you know, in the cut and thrust of, of, of journalism and the chase for stories, it could be easy just to say, right, we'll put this story out. Um, but we, we've, when it was, accelerated we we were on zoom calls we, we we sat and reflected about the right way to conduct ourselves and we said no we shouldn't be putting this story out we shouldn't be jumping the gun we certainly should be respecting embargoes um and 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 respecting it and using the, the right coverage for our readers um but also the right coverage for kenny Jacket in the terms of our language and, and and the way we've done it and i think that's been first class not just in the news actually but from from the, all, the, all the local media and beyond concerned
1: yeah um, well, believe it or not, we, we have had criticism over coverage, um, so I'll just put that out there, like. But um, the less said about that, the better. But well, what part of our coverage? Yes, dealt with the issue at hand, but it also was looking forward. And what does this mean for Pompey? In your eyes, has is this going to have an impact on Pompey's promotion push? Did we see the first signs of it on Tuesday night at Bristol Rovers? We'll go into Bristol Rovers in detail in a bit, but like the manager disappearing for two, not disappearing, but manager not being available, the mm-hmm. in-ground being matches, is this going to have an impact on Pompey's promotion push? I think it
2: is a it is a blow, of course, not having your manager there. Um, just for the man, I know that Kenny's obviously watching every game on iFollow, but you don't get the same look of a game, do you, on iFollow, than you do standing on a touchline and being able no. to, to see everything. You can only see what the camera's seeing as well. So you don't get that impression, You know, you might... <laughs> There might be subtle changes that the not tweak that he will do in games. You might see Ron Carter stands in five yards where he shouldn't be and say, "Right, go there, get yourself to that position," because he spotted that when the, the the plays on the other side of the pitch. He can't really do that now. So I know that he's obviously speaking to Joe Gallon during the game, etc. But not to not have the manager there, just the, the physical presence. I mean, is it a, a psychological boost for the opposition? You know. They'll obviously, every opposition would be sympathetic with Kenny Jacket. No one will, everyone will be wishing for the best, but it's yeah. business and will opposition think, right? We can have our tails up a little bit here. Their manager's not there. But then Pompey as well, they should be thinking, right, we need to do this for the manager. Now, I know Tom Naylor said there's no excuses because there weren't any excuses. If oh. Kenny Jacket was there on, on Tuesday night, would it have made a big difference? Possibly not. They didn't turn up whatsoever. But I, I do think in the in the what, four games that there will be, it, it will have some sort of effect. You'd be naive to, to not think that it will, given just how much experience Kenny Jackett does have a, as as a manager. I know a lot of people when the crowds are in see Kenny and he doesn't get animated on the touchline, but he is vocal. He, he is giving out and barking out instructions quite often. Mm. Um people don't realise that now there's empty stadiums, you do. It does come across it's apparent, isn't it? Just yeah. how much, yeah, how much he's talking to his players quite a lot and giving them instructions. So that's a that's a big big blow for me, I think.
1: Jordy, I know there's still what, well, there's 19 games left, and Kenny's going to be absent for maybe probably five. There's still a lot yeah. of time between now and the end of the season, but this period is going to be so crucial for Pompey, isn't it?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we're we'll going to the Bristol Rover stuff in more detail in a minute, but that's what made it so disheartening. I mean, during the rump of the season, now this is the the point where you normally see the, the the contenders emerge from the pack. It was around this time, a couple of seasons ago, where Luton hit upon that really that really fine run, which really sort of all of a sudden they 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 burst out and 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 made their way. This is, you know, everyone's jostling for position, and now it's time for people to hit hit their straps and uh, and, and and really. Really kick on. Um, so, um, I thought the language was quite good, and, and of course, the, from the dressing room, great that they say no excuses. That's brilliant. Um, but as Will already says, it's gonna, it's gonna affect things. Um, and I was quite, yeah, I was quite surprised for Joe Gallant to admit as much actually. Um, on Tuesday, um, the great Jim Smith, <laughs> I think I used the quote. He said, "Give a player an excuse, and they use it." And uh, and this is a the kind of opportunity that players will will you know use historically. I'm not labelling Pompey. That that's just Jim talking about players in general uh, and the mindset of players. Um, and it's upheaval, isn't it? Um, upheaval at the, at the worst possible time. Um, Kenny Jackett. Whatever you think of him, people will probably downplay his impact, but it's it's a monumental um, impact that he has, um, and and it will be it will be felt. So. Fingers crossed it's not too detrimental. Um, keep, keep the points coming. It's interesting as well, the dynamic of it, because I wasn't quite sure in this one later, but I know Steve Cotchal from the hospital at Shrewsbury was literally on Zoom calls, and I thought it was going to be something like that. But speaking to the players, I was like, oh, well, they're actually the manager speaking to it. It wasn't like that at all. It was private phone conversations with Joe, and there was um, communication during the game as well. Uh, the subs at half time was, was Kenny's, you know, Kenny's, firmly you know, involved with that, that decision. Um, so then it's kind of the relaying. So It's not Kenny speaking directly to the players, which I think is quite, you know, quite interesting about how that's going to work. But Joe's obviously there to react to what he sees as well. Um, it's not him just being a puppet for Kenny. He's there and, and as Will says, you, you see stuff at the, on you know, the touchline that you just might pick up on follow. It's only you know, one camera. We haven't got the periphery of you. That's why I think it's important not to Puts too much weight on your judgment from a, if you're not at the game, so yeah, it's um, Joe's on board with it. Kenny's having his influence, but interesting the dynamic of how that works. But time and Pompey just got to react as best they possibly can now.
1: Well, is it is it is it me, or is it, do I find it staggering that when you're involved in a promo, or you're involved in a promotion push? Players, there's a school of thought that suggests that players may take the foot off the board simply because the manager's not there. Surely the prize is there in front of you. You don't need the manager at the, at the side of the pitch to get you that extra 5% in your performance. Well, to me, that's just crazy. I probably get promotion. These guys will be lauded in these parts for years to come. Why would you want to even subconsciously take your foot off the gas?
0: Uh, i'll let i'll let will answer that one because I'll find myself getting <laughs> angry I'll get angry at the moment because yeah <laughs> exactly that um that sort of sentiment i was yeah i'll i'll get i'll I'll have a rant in a minute I'll let Will go first
2: uh, as <laughs> cut it out was it so, me so much about because there's players also playing for futures. Well. There's players well, playing
1: for well, the futures. As well, well, you sound like you've been in the village on a Friday yeah. night for a few pints.
0: <laughs> I think you need to put 50p in the metre.
1: <laughs> well, do you want to log back in again? Jordy, I'll let you have your rant there.
0: Right, here we go. Tuesday night, I think I, I, I speak for Pompey's support as a whole in being furious with that debacle it was uh, a, an opportunity bristol rovers were one winless in 10 games winless in 10 games it was an opportunity it was right for the taking for pompey to throw themselves right into the midst one point off the of automatic promotion places um, at the memorial Game against a team woefully out of sorts they then got the goal so they got themselves in a position where a, a team that's on shaky ground, morale, confidence-wise, that should just dissipate. They should have killed the game there, there and then. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go into the ins and outs of the performance moving forward, but for them to then throw it away but with the, the, the defensive debacle and attacking wastefulness that we saw, um was, was unforgivable, really. the What I don't know if people picked up on, but certainly from the ground, it was uh, it was really really apparent was you know, see Pompe- This is you know as I've re- this, this is where we need to see Pompey you know emerging from the pack at a critical time of the season. The, the points are crucial now, um, and on the pitch all you could hear was Bristol Rovers. Every one of their players loud playing at a tempo, really not, not rocket science, but just very very committed. And you could hear Tom Naylor. That's all you could hear from the Pompey eleven. His voice constantly. No one else. Where, where are the leaders at the moment for Pompey? Where, that is what was needed and it was very apparent. I couldn't believe how quiet the Pompey players were. And it's in this time when uh, games are behind closed doors, it becomes like, like we hear Kenny on the touch time. That, that, that quiet from the Pompey players was, was concerning for me um, and, and very, very apparent. Need, you need more than Tom Naylor. who was barking orders all game, even when the game went away from Pompey. Um, It was first-rate. But, yeah, I mean, the the, the mistakes. Sean Raggett got it with both barrels. And, yes, he was culpable, certainly. But you look at the first goal. James Bolton missed a a clearance from the the ball going through for them. Iunga was given too much space and not closed down by by Raggett. Second goal, Raggett was out of position, but he was drawn slightly out of position for the cross coming in. I think it was, again, Bolton who then flicked it to so took him out of the game. All younger with time and space to, to get his shot off. And then the third goal was the third goal. as was a calamity from Sean Raggett. So defensively, terrible. Um, striking, profligate. I know Marcus, I'm glad Marcus got his goal, but he should have had a hat-trick, probably, at least. <laughs> um, it was wasteful. And it was just the way that Pompey let the game go. And it wasn't it wasn't from wonderful Bristol Rovers play. It was just the basic tenets of commitment and playing at a tempo that, that won the game for a team out of sorts. And that was yeah, that was just yeah, it, was, it was just so disappointing for me.
1: Well, Jordy's had his ramp. Welcome back. You've appeared right at the right now or is it work was No,
0: I've, I've got off my chest a bit, but I'm still I'm still still a bit still a bit fuming to be honest.
1: Geordie highlighted the fact that the only voice you could hear on Tuesday night from a Pompey perspective was Tom Naylor, which mm. disappointed him more than anything. Lack of leadership. Um, what, what disappointed you most about that performance? For me, I just think it was... Am I all
2: right now? Am I breaking up or am I better? No, you're That's fine so better. All right. I just think that it's just another missed opportunity. just architecture and downfall again, Pompey. You know, look going to a side who lowly Bristol Rovers manager Lysand, one in twelve and you go on there with automatic promotion up. You can go up to third, overtake Hull, and you you're throwing away at three points against a side that have been struggling all season and a side that looked rocky at the back as well. No Pompey had their troubles like but Bristol Rovers look rocky at the back. The way they were playing it was it went not like the tactics that the Bristol Rovers deployed were anything revolutionary. You know, they were just knocking it up to the, the two strikers, weren't they? And yeah. knocking it down and looking for the centre midfielders to, to burst into the space. That was the most frustrating thing about me. It's just Pompey, every time you look through in a decent position in the automatic promotion race, they just time and time again throw it away and never, never look like they're going to convince to get into the top two, unfortunately. Only that period before Christmas when they beat Ipswich and you Peterboroughs, Lincoln's—you you were thinking this is this might be the year that they finally go up into into the championship via the automatics. And now, how many people is honestly back Pompey to, to go into the championship? Because on the day, they are good enough to finish in the top two, but they're just they're just too inconsistent. And I, I think George is a good point about saying Tom Naylor—you know, the only one who's, who's shouting—and and, and, you know, you've got people like Charlie Daniels coming in.
0: Mm. He's
2: a big player, he's played in the Premier League for five years, he's got a lot of experience, I know he's only just arrived, someone like him should be coming and stamping his authority down on the team, regardless, he should be coming in and saying, race. Right, I've got the experience, I'm going to come in and be one of the senior members in the dressing room regardless of how long I've been at this club, same with someone like John Marquez as well, he should be Given a little bit more as well, and I know he's had his troubles, and maybe that's affected him. But yeah, it's just it, it, it's it's just so frustrating because Pompey getting themselves into these positions again, and they just let themselves down. It must be frustrating for the players as well to do that. But there's only one one people, well, there's only one solution to it, and that's Pompey finding that little bit of consistency mm. to, to finally put a run of wins together because they're going to need that now. They can't even afford to win, draw, win, win, draw, draw. They need to put a good run of wins together to really thrust themselves into the into the top. Two.
1: Oh, he's
0: going <laughs> again! No, no, he's right though, isn't it? I think mean, it's bang on. I mean, think kind of it taps into some of what I was saying there. That for for a long time now, Pompe- they've been inconsistent in the short term, but over a long period, Pompey are a pretty consistent team. But when it comes to those moments when it's there to be grasped. They they, they they come up short. They come up short of doing it. Now, analyzing that and the reasons why is tough. Um, but you you, know, you you do it. And in the past, certainly last season, I thought there there was too many there was uh, too many fractures and not enough team players pulling in the right direction. And when you go into the trenches, do you want to go that extra mile for your, for your manager? I think Pompey haven't quite had that. there kind of been an ambivalence, perhaps. Um, to it, that and not that that unity that makes the difference between the playoffs and and, and champions. Um, we've seen it with Paul Cook, we've seen it with Harry's team in the past. There is that, yeah, that that that, that kind of quality of really wanting to pull for each other that that really makes a difference. So, um, I think we kind of t- we hoped, and, and the indications were that had been weeded out to an extent. And Joe Garner recently turned about the the dressing room being as good as it has been and look at the players around it so yeah it, is it that or is it something else what, what is it that Pompey haven't got that makes them come up short in these occasions maybe it's a bit of quality maybe because Pompey haven't got the, the budget that everyone thinks that, that to blow away everyone that you know that is being suggested maybe that it, it just comes back to the same thing probably when I, when I do think about that Pompey are top 16 Pompey are top six budget top 16 um, and then beyond that, it's kind of a, a lap of the lap of the gods whether they can do it in the playoffs, which, given our record, is pretty pretty negative. Um, but yeah, they're that, 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 the short of that quality that just makes them a, a winning, successful team stand apart from the rest at the moment.
1: Well, I, I was just having a week, with Jordy was talking, about, just doing a wee quick bit of research there. But we're we're just out of January. We were told this January was going to be a massive one for Pompey. A massive one for Kenny Jackett as well. He needed to get it right. i have just been looking. Since the start of January, Pompey have lost five games. Now, one being the FA Cup. Now, prior to the transfer window, if you wanted a a period of time Pompey lost five games, it's between the end of the year and October. They only lost five games in that two and a half months. They've already lost five games in, in one and a half months in the transfer window. Has the transfer window disrupted Pompey? They're in a nice rhythm. They brought in four players: Daniels, Byers, White. Has their introduction actually messed things up slightly?
2: I don't know because it's not like the players who've come in have become regular starters, is it? It's no. not like Kenny Jack has ripped his starting eleven up. The only one who who starts consistently is is Charlie Daniels. Mm. One which. I've said it before. It was very harsh to to drop Lee Brown as it was. Maybe that doesn't affect because Lee Brown is one who is definitely a leader on the pitch. He is one that you hear talk yeah. quite a lot. But otherwise, there's no big changes that have come in. Harvey White had a couple of cameos and just saws George Byers. Of course, he he done okay at Bristol Rovers. Apart from that, yeah, just. Yeah. Is it, is
1: it okay, the hey, tell me players, Has Charlie Daniels has Charlie Daniels had the impact that you had expected a player his quality to have? Like Berman, he was thinking of at half
2: time on Tuesday night, quite right. Set pieces definitely have set pieces against Plymouth, and um, when he came on against Lincoln, where Kurt has won the edges. set pieces definitely have. But for me, do you want to disrupt your defense? Which I'm always wary about that when when, when you want to change your defence and try and change, you want to fight and settle back forward. And When mm. Pompey looked at the best at the back, it was Brown, Raggett, Watmore, Johnson. Everyone knew the roles, everyone understood each other's games. And to, to change that, and obviously, you've had to bring Bolton in, let's not forget, which, to be fair, Bolton did well. But I, I, I just don't think that the left-back area, and I think you said this before, and you know, mm. that didn't need addressing, but it's not, it's not Charlie Daniels' an impact, just saying Charlie Daniels has come in as a negative impact is, it's wider than mark. but has he had that impact, yeah, probably not, he didn't play a lot of football before he arrived, he hadn't played for about a month, I think, because of COVID situation in Shrewsbury, etc., so maybe he's just taken a little bit of time to, to get back up to speed, but... Does Lee Brown deserve to come back into the starting eleven? 100. He does after yeah. his um, second half performance at Bristol Rovers. Yeah. You know, maybe people starting to appreciate just what Lee Brown does. He's solid defensively, and going forwards, he, he's not bad at all. Last season, he'll admit himself he wasn't as good as he could be going forwards because of his Achilles problem. He couldn't, he couldn't base forwards like he like he would do. He couldn't get any. Any thrust whatsoever, he couldn't sprint for five yards before before um, feeling his Achilles. So I think now maybe people start to appreciate him. And he knows he knows Ron game as well. He knows mm. they have an understanding together. So I think that's something that, that Kenny Jack and Joe Gallant to contemplate going into into Blackpool. Mm.
1: Jordy, uh, Tom again talking defensively as well. But Sean Raggett on Tuesday night was half the he was abysmal. To be honest, we all know what he's capable of, but we also know that. You can have you can have a catastrophe now and again. Would it not have been better to take him off on half time on Tuesday night rather than take Bolton off and stick Rasmus and totally disrupt him the back four yet again?
0: I was surprised he did too. Um but uh Ragged yeah, Raggett was culpable. And it, he he's been up there with the most consistent performance for me this season, to the point that I you know, almost him nail a, Jack more kind of player of the year contenders, if you called it at this point. But he does, seem, he does have that flaw in his game where it does happen um, from time to time. But um, yeah, it, it was it was poor. I don't think it should be... I think it's unfair to throw all the flack at Sean Braggart. He's an easy target. He's not popular. He's got a certain style of play that's not easy on the eye and people laugh and, and, and take the piss out of it. But um, he's... he. On reflection, yeah, Bolton was was pretty culpable as well um, on Tuesday. And I think excellent point by Will. Back four on Saturday should be that back four that he mentioned. Johnson what more Raggett Brown. De- de- debate about whether Raggett starts perhaps in there after that, whether Nicolayton comes in. Um but you've got to get back to that. What Lee Brown, I mean, again, talking about the the respondents angered me. You wouldn't have Lee Brown being quiet like that when he was in that first half and it was just Naylor making all the noise. He's a voice. He's a leader, and that's an importance to, to the to the Pompey to the Pompey side. But yeah, um, it was a, it was a, it was a terrible terrible day at the office. The worst for for, for Sean Raggett summed up in that in that third goal. Um, but hopefully, I mean, across the season, let's, let's not let's not jump on him. Um, too much because he's been up there with the best performers for me um, for, for Pompey just has to put it right now moving forward if he's given a chance because um, yeah team selection this weekend is quite an interesting one
1: Well I'm conscious of the time we've only got two and a half minutes left um, but is that enough time to dissect what's going on up front we've got John Marcus scored two tonight but he's, he's not in the best of form Ellis Harson uh, is coming on to make an impact Curtis was taken off the other night, half-time. Well, what, what is going to be going forward at the moment? They're just not firing, are they, at all? Um, and
2: I think a lot of people agree it's time to give josie Wheeler <clears throat> a go. Um, if you're not bringing him on when you're chasing two goals, then when are you going to bring the lads on? When When is the right time to bring Josie Huila on? If you can't bring someone someone on, and you need you know, bring them... I just... And this is not on Harvey White; it's not his fault. But what was the point in bringing Harvey White on a whole midfielder for Ryan Williams when you know that Hawula and Harrison were quite well at Peterborough in the Papa <clears> Trophy <throat> a couple of a few weeks ago? Give him, give the lad a go. He can't do any worse, can he? I know Mark was score, but you know we we know he's out of form, and Ellis Harrison is out of form, and he isn't a big goal threat as it is. Even when he's when he's at his best, he's more of a focal point. What, what, what's the worst that can happen given Jordi Harula a run out. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but you charge something different. And at least you can say, well, we are charging and it doesn't work. And that's why we haven't been given him a goal because we think what we have is better. And at least you can justify why. But if he comes on and, and scores, you know, scores a goal or two goals and gets you back into the team, then it, 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 he could like the touch paper again, he could give that extra inspiration you need up front and bring to Life back into lads like Harness and Curtis because they have Hawula up front and they know that he's fine and that gives you a little bit of his spring in your step. You need a spark don't
0: so. they? They need something yeah, yeah,
2: They do. So I'll agree with a large section of the fan base. It's it's time to give hawula a go. Look, we know that he because Pompey didn't want to leave himself short. People who say, Why why would be bother signing him? But you're not going to leave yourself short, but it's
1: time to give him a goal for me. Jordy, 30 seconds remaining. Can we expect a, a reaction on Saturday against Blackpool?
0: Yes. Very quickly. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> I've got to get over my anger on Tuesday, but I hope they'll be back by. Uh, yeah. I'm an optimist. We've got to see a reaction. 10 seconds, wrap it up. Good stuff. <laughs>
1: happy days yeah. well lads thank you very much again and thank you all for listening you've been listening to Pompey Talk the podcast we'll be here next week we'll see you all again then goodbye
0: thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for less than £1 a week for everything you need to know about Pompey